is up, everyone? Welcome to Ringmasters Podcast, Central Michigan Life's premier wrestling WWE-centric podcast. We will break down Survivor Series, which is coming up this Sunday. We will talk about Raw and SmackDown and the new season of Total Divas, which I will totally be watching but not telling very many people I watch. And I am joined, as always, by Jameson Galloway. Jameson, how you doing tonight? Doing good. What's up, Grant? I just Survivor Series is what's up, man. Yeah, that is all that is what's up. So Total Divas is the most important thing happening right now. Is that what we're we're coming to? I think so. Okay. I saw okay. an ad the other day and it looked uh, <laughs> it looked sufficiently scandalous. Yeah. So I'm, that's that's that show for sure. That is a, a scandalous show. It's a good way to put it. Yeah, I love um, how long it probably took the editing team to take out all the page stuff. <laughs> or is or is she going to be in it? She, that's a good question. I really I don't, don't know. know. So that probably took a lot of time because in previous seasons she was on there quite a bit. Yeah, so. she was a main character in the in the other seasons. And who thought we were going to lead this podcast with Total Divas? I I don't think I did. <laughs> like you just you just said something. Just I was like, well, there. we got to lead with that now because that show is wonderful. And Total Bellas is coming back for season two. Yep, yep. Uh, just a short six episode first season, which was great. Um, and now they're coming back. So hopefully Daniel Bryan doesn't have another mental breakdown oh, on man. on this one. The poor guy. <laughs> poor yeah, poor guy. He has poor. a rough time with all of that. It seems like. Yeah, but I mean, he's also the most entertaining part yes. of the show, right up there By with far. Cena being a straight heel. Total heel Cena. It's great to watch. It is. I, I love him, man. It's so much fun. <laughs> all right, um, let's talk about uh, Survivor Series. Okay. Wrestling. Um, we're on SmackDown this week. Uh, we're all about Survivor Series. Basically, everything on there was building towards these five-on-five or five-tag teams on five-tag teams matches that will be happening on Sunday for bragging rights and quote-unquote brand superiority and nothing else on the line. And that really trumped everything, I think. Uh, (coughs) Bless you. Thank you. I don't know what that was. It was like a cough and a sneeze at the same time. But, yeah, so we had like four matches on Raw dedicated to this. Yes. And yes. They were this all is, the same match. This is the main focus for sure. It was a it was a Survivor Series uh, driven week, um, and to be honest, I'm really excited. I I'm looking forward to watching this pay per view. I'm not excited that uh, it's reportedly going to be four hours. That doesn't excite me. But and and just by looking at these matches, I don't know how this is going to last four hours. I mean, yeah. unless these uh, these elimination matches go for 45 minutes to an hour each, but. My goodness. Are you um, mentally prepared for that to happen? No, I'm not. I told you that just before we started recording. I said, Jameson, this is going to be as long as WrestleMania or SummerSlam. And you said, are you kidding me? It threw me off. It yeah. definitely threw me off. Yeah. Um. So that that's, I don't know, four hours is a long time to sit down and just be watching wrestling. But it's a long time to construct an entertaining show yeah. that doesn't feel like you're deliberately trying to balloon the length. Right. And, and you can easily lose um, the focus of the audience quickly. People at home, um, it's tough to sit down in front of the TV and be fully engaged for a full four hours. I think we've been finding that with the pay-per-views recently. It's what we always say. It's not just, oh, they're long and and I like wrestling, but it's too long. It's the show loses focus, too, and the people have to keep doing bigger and bigger stuff to stand out. And by the end, you get like the, the end of SummerSlam or the end of this year's WrestleMania, where it seems like even WWE is about to go on autopilot mm-hmm. because they've been burning on air for so long so it's just it's confounding and uh nxt takeovers this weekend too so that's gonna be like another two and a half hours for me and you'll be watching that yeah yeah that is gonna be great but uh i i would like to try to persuade you to watch that 
because I guarantee you it would be better in almost every way than this show. <laughs> it makes so much more sense, and it is much more wrestling-focused. It's brilliant. Okay. But, well, I'll keep that in mind on Saturday night. But I hate to night. add to your docket, yeah, too. Yeah, so. uh, with, with sports and, and all the wrestling programming, it's tough to keep up on everything these days. Yeah, a little bit. So, especially when every single match on Raw is the exact same thing, it <laughs> yeah. feels like. We got Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens teaming up against Sheamus and Cesaro. We've got Braun Strowman, Jericho, Rollins over the New Day. Uh, we've got a women's tag match. We've got a tag team. Uh, was that the tag multiple tag team match? Uh, we've got Daniel Bryan and Mick Foley screaming at one another for an uncomfortable length of time. Uh, to be okay, to be totally honest, the best parts of Raw were the parts that I wasn't initially into. Like the best parts of the show are usually stuff I criticize Raw for. And the stuff I thought I was going to like didn't turn out like I thought it was going to. Like Braun Strowman, Brock Lesnar, and Goldberg were the best part of Monday Night Raw this week. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and I'm glad you, you mentioned Braun Strowman. He, he's, a good, uh, he's a good character, and he's, he's rising quickly, I feel. He's going to be a main part of this, uh, this roster, I think, very soon. Yeah, and he made – well, Jericho and Rollins look like idiots – because that's just the, the way that they're going to be booked. But Braun Strowman won this match by himself. I, mm-hmm. I sort of love it, because I've soured on the New Day. I think everybody sort of has. And then that they had that thing this week where they just came out literally just selling merchandise, and it sort of killed part of my heart, I think. <laughs> that might be a little dramatic, but it just threw me off. So watching Braun Strowman eat all of them alive was... Sort of great, and he's doing the job that they ask him to do. He's every bit as impressive as he is being talked up as. So I mean, this is a guy, um, you know, that resembles, you know, the giant or, or the big show back when he was in WCW and upcoming. He's just a, a monster that could possibly hold the title uh, sometime in the near future. He's just got that um, it factor about him. But you mentioned Rollins and Jericho, that segment where Jericho's handing out uh, the scarves as, as gifts. And Rollins and Jericho are just kind of buddy-buddy, laughing it off, joking about it and stuff. And Rollins, if we're staying in kayfabe here, Rollins doesn't remember that Jericho just screwed him out of a championship in the Hell in a Cell match. He's he's forgotten that. I know he pedigreed him at the end of the show. but yeah, And Rollins has pedigreed Jericho about 800 times <laughs> in the past four weeks. He has. And all that was forgotten about, too. Right. They're just I, I didn't really like that um, as the storyline uh, went, but um, I guess he got his revenge. And then, of course... The the another thing with Rollins that I didn't really agree with is of course him and him and Reigns are back together as a team now that Rollins is back to being a baby face of course he's got to be with with the uh, the standalone best that nobody can touch in Roman Reigns yeah, the heat getting guy <laughs> yeah yeah the heat getting guy and Dean Ambrose had not a thing to say about that when they no. all confronted one another he went after Jericho because nobody remembers the Shield <laughs> in the writing room or anywhere except for people who watch the show. And they just immediately had him attack Jericho. It's like, that is, I think, the person in the ring he has the least problems with. Like, Jericho versus Ambrose was the most basic of feuds. Yeah. And it, it went on forever, but it was so simple. Maybe they're possibly setting up a, a shield reunion so they don't want them to, to go at each other just yet. That would be brilliant. I can. I don't think they're going to do it. Probably not. Because that would be too good. That, and it would <laughs> too require, good for them It would do. require them to change the show format because... Every, like, the thing about Survivor Series is that each of these shows has been in such a holding pattern for the past month. 
we've seen the same Raw. It was different this week, but it was almost the same show, complete with the same ending. SmackDown was similarly just kind of a flat line, even though there were parts of it that I liked. And it's like Survivor Series just put everything on hold for this weird brand dispute that mm-hmm. doesn't really feel deserved. doesn't feel like there's any reason except for the McMahons not liking one another, right. which is just the way that it is. And I, it just like you're throwing so much real stuff to the side. Like you're throwing so many rivalries and kayfabe in some yeah. situations to the side to promote this weird just pissing contest. Right. It, it makes no sense to me. And it was interesting to see a lot of the matches this week or the tag matches they put it together was, you know, Owens and Reigns together or Charlotte and Sasha together. Two these these people that have been, you know, not not liking each other for the past month or two months. So it was interesting to just kind of throw that aside for a week just for Survivor Series and have everybody that's feuding, you know, team up just to get everybody's, uh, you know, cohesive as a group. But um, I want to I want to talk about the the other great part of Raw which was Goldberg and Brock Lesnar. Yes, this was awesome. You enjoyed this as well? I enjoyed it. Okay, like, apart from the weird thing where they botched the promo in Minnesota uh, because it's Brock's home state and all that, this feud has been way better put together than I thought it was going to be. So you continue talking about how great this is. Exactly. I think that uh, the Buffalo crowd on Monday gave WWE and everybody behind the scenes exactly what they were looking for. They totally um, build uh, Goldberg as the face, and they were booing Brock Lesnar, and that's exactly what WWE wants. And let me tell you, yeah, this this segment was um, executed perfectly, I think. It set up exactly what we're looking for for the match on Sunday. I'm glad they didn't get into any physical uh, confrontation. They left that for Sunday. That's great to see. And Goldberg, for a 49-year-old man, I mean, this guy looks like he's in top-of-the-line shape. I was also happy to see that. Um, I'm, I'm, this got me even more excited for this match, and we talked about how long this match is going to go. If, if this match goes any longer than 30 minutes, it start it could start to get bad. Because Bro, if this goes longer than about 10 <laughs> yeah. or 12 minutes, this could turn but it, ugly. But it's a four-hour show, so I mean, this, it's got to take up some time. Um, I'm just, I, I'm more um, optimistic about it than I was. I think, you know, I think a lot of fans and people that follow wrestling a lot are skeptical about this. Like this could turn out bad. But from what I saw on Monday, I think I'm optimistic. I think this could be a really good match. Yes, this stands to be the highlight of the show because it's been built well. First of all, it's like they had a checklist of all my favorite things. Like, okay, they can't just beat one another up every week until they fight. There's security guards. There's Paul Heyman's there hyping it up. The heel backs down from a fight because he knows he's just going to do it on Sunday. The babyface has a compelling reason to be there. But it's gone so well because they actually have a story. Like, no other, and it makes sense between those two characters, between their history and who Goldberg is now and who Lesnar is now, and it makes sense why they're going to fight and why it's going to go down. We can get into predictions later how it will, and none of these other rivalries between the brands feel genuine at all. Like, it's all manufactured, even within the realm of WWE. So, it's, they're just, it's really the only good piece of storytelling that's consistent right now. You're right, and they they brought they brought Goldberg's family into it. That's part of the story. That's that adds some personal emotion into it. Um, and you like you said, it makes sense because Brock Lesnar has, I mean, pretty much destroyed every single person in the company down the line. He's been able to beat every single person except Goldberg. I mean, he's never beaten Goldberg before. So yeah, this whole thing makes sense. And I, I hope uh, when this match is over on Sunday, it still makes sense, and we're all uh, we, we're all enjoyed enjoyed the match. That's what I hope. 
Yes, definitely. And can we talk about how great it was that Paul Heyman told Goldberg that Goldberg's son is going to call Brock Lesnar his dad? <laughs> that was wonderful. That was a I did not expect that. That was a bold yeah. bold call, but hey, it gets It was a, it was a great heel insult and it wasn't just dumb. No, it wasn't. Like you listen, you, you watch the Cruiserweight segment and you just your whole body shivers, mm-hmm. kind of cringe. And uh, you just sort of feel bad that all these guys are sort of just made to look like idiots. And then you have this other segment, which is so on par with what it needs to be. So and it's, that, I think that has a lot to do with Paul Heyman. He's just he's a pro's pro, man. He's the best in the business at that kind of stuff. I'm on Mike, there's really no one better in right now. But um, yeah, that's Paul Heyman's got a lot to do, and that's also what makes all these Brock Lesnar feuds so much better. Um, he just brings a different uh, different thing to the table every day. Yeah, and Brock Lesnar's a great character, and the hey- Paul Heyman as his mouthpiece is brilliant. It I mean, is. everybody already knows this, yeah. but it just it bears repeating because it is that good. So, and I'm glad that Paul Heyman now has these good lines, and he's not trying to work with this crowd who is not interested in what they're trying to do, and understands and responds to the to the wrestling, and then that they don't have unreasonable expectations from this crowd too. Right. So, uh, no, that, that warmed my heart a little bit. That got me fired up. So I'm with you. So, great stuff. Uh, not too much else happened on Raw. There's a bunch of matches that didn't really matter. No. Uh, and it was really, really long. It felt really long to me. After Raw, did you watch the uh, State of the WWE Universe Address? Or oh, my goodness. Whatever yeah, that show I was. I watched it as well. That got real, I think, for a while. I mean, it less, and, and they made it look real, but... Uh, there was some there was some heat between pretty much everyone in the room. It was Stephanie and Mick Foley, uh, Shane McMahon, and Daniel Bryan as uh, Renee Young was hosting. And they were just jabbing at each other back and forth pretty much for a solid 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. It, uh, you, did you think that felt pretty real or that was just uh, kind of scripted work that they did well? I It, it was okay, believable. Like, as far as believability goes, that was right up there with the Lesnar-Goldberg promo. Because everything else in the show was so phony, mm-hmm. like the Charlotte Sasha and poor Jericho getting his scarves ripped and stuff like that, and it was it was good in that way, but I don't think it was useful at all. I don't think those four characters arguing just and getting real, quote unquote, real with one another. I don't think it really helped anything because it didn't add any stakes to what's going on. It didn't give either side something to lose because, yeah, there are things to lose. Like there's the IC title and the cruiserweights, but it didn't affect the five on five or the five tag team on five tag team matches. So I just I, I wasn't really into it as much. OK, I mean, it was uh, at least it opened my eyes. You know, I was kind of watching to the fr- when Paul Heyman started the show and then those guys came out. I'm like, OK, this is going to be usual. And then once they start jabbing, at least got me to listen or got me to watch um, with my full attention. So if that's what their goal was and, and they did mention Survivor Series. And I mean, I, I think for some people it might have worked, you know, if people who are watching thinking this is going to be kind of boring. It definitely wasn't boring. Um, so if that was their goal, it did work. But it also makes me wonder, I mean, as us, no one really knows who's going to win these matches when it comes to Raw or SmackDown. There's really no way of knowing which, which way they're going to go. Um, I doubt any either of the brands are going to sweep um, yeah, all for- three matches. Unfortunately, they're probably not going to do that. No. So, and you would think that Stephanie or Shane or or all four of them have a good idea who's going to win each match at this point, you know? So, them arguing back and forth of who's better and who's going to win, 
I don't know. It just I thought it, bring, it brought an interesting dynamic to um, Survivor Series and how none of us really know how either of these matches are going to go and who whoever Vince, whatever brand Vince likes more, I guess we're going to see on Sunday. You know? So Monday Night Raw. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> My goodness. Would you be shocked if, if SmackDown won two out of the three then? Is that I, I would be thrilled if SmackDown won two out of three. Um, I don't know if it'll happen uh, because Monday Night Raw is the quote-unquote flagship show even though SmackDown is better in almost every conceivable way. And SmackDown's show this week, it was not a fantastic show, but it was so much better. Um, do you want to talk about SmackDown a little bit? Yeah, let's All go right. into the 900th episode of SmackDown. The 900th episode of SmackDown. Yeah. I have had about enough of Raw. So let's do it. SmackDown time opened with a really good match. Not their best, but a really good match between The Miz and Dolph Ziggler. And they actually had a lot of backstage segments that I really liked. And I love to hate on these, but Alexa Bliss bringing up to Daniel Bryan that her foot was on the ropes, showing yep. that they know and are going to continue that story was really important. King Booker showing up was <laughs> King wonderful. And the Brizongo being fashion police, I I don't know what it was, but I just loved that segment. It was really funny. And it was just sort of consequence-free, and Rhino was making hilarious facial expressions the whole time. <laughs> so... I mean, that was that's not the most important part of the show by far, but that was good. And uh, we got the Raw women invading. I didn't really... I hated that Bailey was there with them, because that's not in character for her at all. No. But... But I would say, um, I mean, Raw, is as far as it is for the, unif- the universe, um, SmackDown's definitely the more over show. I mean, they were booing uh, Stephanie and Mick on Monday night for, you know, for uh, Daniel Bryan and Shane Mack, And then when... When the the women invade SmackDown, they were they were cheering on the SmackDown team. So it, I think as far as fans go, SmackDown's definitely the more over show. Um, it was you kind of had to expect that the women were going to invade when the men invaded Raw. Um, right. Yeah. It was a it was a decent show. I also liked how of course Maurice gets involved in the Intercontinental Championship match, mm-hmm. and uh, the Miz takes that belt back. Uh, yeah. All all in all, it was uh it was a, a good show, and like you said. I mean, are the comebacks the the Edge? I love seeing Edge. That that theme song of Edge when uh, when you hear you think you know me, it's mm-hmm. just uh, it brings chills. I'm a, I I loved watching Edge, and then when you get the Undertaker, who says he's back, yeah, he's not uh, just WrestleMania anymore. Yeah, which, apparently he's just back. Period. That's crazy. That's that's insane. Why does to he think pick about? now? <laughs> I I don't know. You think he would have been doing that for the last five years, and and now would be the time where he just goes to WrestleMania. But now he wants to. Maybe he sees Goldberg. Goldberg inspired him. Maybe he's just recuperated because I know he had hip surgery, which is why he was on crutches, and that sort of scared everybody. But I know he's recovered from that. Um, he's been showing up at all kinds of different places. He's looking great. Yep. Uh, and I just think he is ready for at least a couple of big matches. And I love that AJ Styles in particular is really good in these segments. Uh, I don't think he's going to get enough credit for it from anybody, but he's really good interacting with Edge, standing toe-to-toe with him, and even being in the same ring as The Undertaker and just those two characters being there because AJ Styles, he came to the company this year and he is their champion and their most over champion. So mm-hmm. I'm really happy that they did something productive with both Edge and Taker and made the Survivor Series match seem a bit more important. Even though they didn't add any stakes to it at all, they at least tried. So. Right. I put myself in James Ellsworth's Ellsworth shoes <laughs> and just... Imagine what's going through this guy's head. He's in the ring with with all these competitors, and then Edge 
and The Undertaker uh, pretty much face-to-face. That's got to be a pretty incredible feeling for someone who probably thought the majority of his life he would never <laughs> get this opportunity. Uh, that's that's pretty crazy if you think about it. Yeah, that's that's really great. And I'm glad that we're including some other characters in this. And Ellsworth has been interesting. I, I sort of have come to agree with you a little bit in that his gimmick might be a little bit played out, but every week he does really good in the role that they want him to do. Like yep. him looking heartbroken when he got put on the list of Jericho was <laughs> probably one of my favorite segments of Rob, apart from the other good stuff. Yeah. Just a really nice little moment that he did. Because think of who else would have just no-sold that or just went, right. oh, man. Like he looked devastated <laughs> that Jericho, this guy he looked up to, put him on the list. But uh, no, so I'm glad that they have all these crazy characters in the ring together because that's what wrestling should be, right? Exactly. These people who are completely different, just running all over the place, and they're thrown together into these stories. So I really think SmackDown ended strong. So It did. I, I agree. And um, I would be disappointed if they decided to take Ellsworth off. I think he's doing exactly what he needs to be doing, and he's uh, a fun part of the show. Yeah, definitely a uh, really fun part of the show. I, I don't know why that I'm so optimistic towards SmackDown because it it functionally did a little bit more than Raw, and it was a landmark episode, so I had that going for it. But I just want to give it the benefit of the doubt so much more. And I think because it's probably two hours I mean, long. That probably has something <laughs> to do with it. And Talking Smack rules every week because Daniel Bryan is the world's greatest co-host. He buries Raw every week and the people on it. That's another thing he was doing in that State of the Union address yeah. or State of the Universe address. He has no shame in burying everything that they do on Monday night. And that sort of makes sense because, okay, here's something for you. Baron Corbin was the character I identified with the most before this week. Not because I'm a lone wolf or, like, have music that sounds like I'm riding a motorcycle or whatever, but because he said, screw this, I don't see a reason to be involved in this Survivor Series match. This is dumb. I'm out of here. And I was like, that makes a lot of sense. You know, why would Styles and Ambrose put aside their differences for quote-unquote bragging rights when titles are more important? Right. But then Daniel Bryan coming out there and saying, these guys make no sense. We're going to beat them because we're the better show. It just it feels so fresh and simple. And I think he does really good in that role, and I'm glad they're letting him do it. <laughs> it does. Yeah, that is that is nice. But, um, yeah, this I think uh, is going to be – this is going to be a, a good Survivor Series to remember. I think – Everything that they got with the women probably being uh, the most important part of the show as they have been in a long time. Uh, and then the tag team match will be good. And then the men's match, I mean, you got about everything there. And to top it off, which should be the main event, correct? Goldberg and Lesnar will be the last match, I hope. We don't know anymore. Right. It, it could be the opener, for all I know. Yeah. But yeah, That'd be interesting. It, it, I, I think they're, it's setting up to be. But then again, they change these things the day of the show. That's been the MO recently. Which I hope this is not the main event almost. I'd rather to the men's or women's be the main event. Um, either one would be good, but I'd rather see Goldberg versus Lesnar earlier on in the show. And then that breaks up so we don't just have three tag matches in a row. Or the three Survivor Series matches in a row, excuse me. So, But we, we don't know till day of. Would no. you rather see this as a main event? Goldberg and Brock Lesnar? Yes. Yeah, I think it deserves main event. I do. I would be, I would be very happy with... The, that being the main event. It all depends, I guess, with who they got winning and how the endings are supposed to happen with the matches and what fits best where, but I'd be excited if that was the main event. Yeah, I, w- I would be more okay with it because I, I initially would like it in the middle of the show because of the length I think it should be. I think it should be you know, at least kept under 15 minutes. Definitely not 25, 30, 
for the sake of either guys involved. Yeah. Um, but I just think they work better with a shorter time. That's not me just taking a random dig at them, but you know, but Goldberg built his career off of that, and Lesnar is great when he just kills people and leaves. Um, and, but I'd be fine with it being the main event because it's had the most sensical build. So right. <laughs> I I really don't know at this point. I'm sort of just waiting for the show to be over so we can get back <laughs> to s- the stories that are going on. I hate that this just stalled everything. Like, it's not continuing any of the plot threads we're talking about. They're actively in kayfabe putting things on hold for this. So are you are you not excited for this then, or are you still excited to watch this? I'm, a, I'm interested, especially for Goldberg-Lesnar. Yeah. And for the IC match and the cruiserweights and some other stuff, but it just it feels like such a waste of a pay per view to have all of it be this, and it's all not really for too much. So okay. you wish there were more stakes on the line. Yeah, like give us a reason to care, man. Yeah, like you know, it's not just bragging rights. Like if you're gonna see uh, Reigns and Rollins after all their history on the same team, or Ambrose and styles on the same team like you gotta give a good reason for that or else you just tell us that the show is fake and <laughs> that that never works no yeah you are you are correct there. don't don't get work shooty with me wwe <laughs> just get you know just get some good wrestling on there so i'm i'm just sort of waiting for it to be over but i think it could be interesting so there's my 15 minute explanation yeah. on this maybe they'll series. cut it down to like three hours and 30 minutes and then we'll, we'll be a little more happy but if it hits the four hour mark and they're still wrestling on i might uh just go to bed. <laughs> yeah, I catch you in the morning. Yeah. Uh, I'm, if, if Goldberg Lesnar is the main event, then I'm definitely... I, I'd like to watch this all the way through. I am now watching the two-hour pre-show. No. Uh, I, I might go back and catch it if it's something really Wait, good. The but, pre-show is two hours? Is that what you said? Yeah. That's what it's looking to be. Well, the, the main show starts at seven. Yeah. Pre-show probably start at five. What are they going to put on a two-hour pre-show? Probably a uh, cruiserweight tag match. I'd almost bet you money. <laughs> Why, what, why does a pre-show have to be two hours is my question. Well, we got to have time to show Mountain Dew, first of all, <laughs> and to have Renee Young lead these Hall of Famers through their panel predictions. Okay. And then cut back to uh, them talking about the theme song or the five theme songs they've picked for the show. And then we have to have time for some backstage interviews. <laughs> uh, and then we have to have time for some shots of the crowd and then some predictions and then some video packages. And okay. then we can have our show. If you sit through that and then watch... If you watch six hours of wrestling on Sunday night, I, I give you a lot of props, dude. <laughs> That's I, I just I just point out everything they do in the pre-show. Okay. That's yeah. it. Don't, yeah, I uh, I don't really understand why it is like it is. But. Before we go into predictions, where's John Cena? Uh, he is, is he still filming True Grit? I couldn't tell you. I, I'm pretty sure that's where he is. I know he's not on, he's not traveling he, with him right now. He's just chilling, just filming movies. He's turning into The Rock. Yeah, he's working out. Been posting some workout videos lately. Okay, I know that. Staying in shape. That's good. Yeah. They they played the uh, the um, first match of John Cena's on the 900th episode of SmackDown they against did. Kurt Angle, and then uh, that was pretty cool. And then Undertaker gives him a, a handshake in the backstage after the match. And um, who would have thought that, that guy would turn out to be uh, the biggest thing in wrestling in this decade? You know. Yeah. Who would have thought we wouldn't see him in jean shorts? <laughs> Ruthless aggression, man. <laughs> Ruthless aggression. But anyway, so that's Raw and SmackDown, and it's all about Survivor Series. This is almost like one long pay-per-view stretched out over forever. So let's get into actual match predictions. Perfect. Uh, where do we want to start? Let's start from the bottom and work our way up. Okay. Uh, let's start with the Cruiserweight title match. It is the Brian Kendrick versus Kalisto. 
Uh, if Kalisto wins, not only does the title come to SmackDown Live, but the entire Cruiserweight division will also be coming to SmackDown Live. Um, Jameson, your thoughts? Um, I would say... I would say it would make sense for the Cruiserweight Championship to come to SmackDown. Because, like you've pointed out, they're going to have a whole new show for it, correct? 205 Live. 205 Live is just going to be all Cruiserweights. So, it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense to keep it that division on Raw and uh, keep it on that three-hour show. I think that um, I think Kalisto is going to win this match and bring the, uh, the Cruiserweight title to SmackDown. Yeah, because SmackDown is actually interested in building things up. Mm-hmm. Even if they don't follow through a lot of the time, they're at least interested in getting things started and uh, making things feel important right? and it- letting things work. Is it weird to say that, is, like I said this the other week, that they're going to probably have more time on the two-hour show than they would on the three-hour show? That is weird, yeah. You, we talked about that last week. It's weird to think about that, but you're probably right. They would give it a little more depth, at least, than what Raw has been doing. They're just kind of throwing guys out there and having a match. Yeah, I mean, they got the purple ropes, and I don't understand why it's not getting over. So, <laughs> And this, like, this 205 show is going to air right after SmackDown. Mm-hmm. So it just makes sense that uh, that belt's going to go to SmackDown. That's yeah. why I got Kalisto. So give him a title change. Give him a new show, give it a, a baby face that we know, uh, and give everybody at least a little bit of motivation and make it all feel important. I'm counting on you, SmackDown. I also have Kalisto. There's okay. If Brian Kendrick wins, I don't. I, we might not even recap the Cruiserweight on the show anymore. <laughs> I know we right. will, but I don't know. Right. So I'm. Uh, we both got Kalisto on that one. Okay. So there's one agreement. Yes. Let's start with the IC title match. It is the Miz versus Sami Zayn. And if Zayn wins, the IC title goes to Raw. Uh, I have The Miz in this match. I have The Miz as well. Um, I think that SmackDown can't lose the, the the Intercontinental Championship. It just can't happen. So this has got to be The Miz. Sami Zayn's probably going to put up a fight. Is There there might be a possibility Sami Zayn wins and then goes to SmackDown. Is that a possibility? Or? Well, they said it was it would go to Raw if he won. Okay. That was okay. the stipulation. Well, yeah, in that case, I think that the the only chance that uh, WWE has is got to stay with The Miz. Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, and Sami Zayn is a guy who can lose, and it won't really affect him. He's the underdog. Right. So if he loses to The Miz cheating, he can probably get a really good match going with him. Uh, the Miz is turning into a better and better worker every week, and Sami Zayn is one of the best in the world. So I am looking forward to seeing these two go to work and uh, seeing The Miz cheat him out and get a lot of heat. <laughs> And uh, keep the title and further Daniel Bryan's hatred of him. <laughs> so and there's vice two. Versa. So there's two agreements. Yes. Both got the Miz. All right. Yeah. Sorry, but it just it, it wouldn't. The IC title going to Raw would just confound me. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, it makes no sense. Like we have another title on the show. But anyway, um, let's get into the Survivor Series matches. Okay. Tag match. Team SmackDown versus Team Raw. Who you got? I'm gonna go Team Raw because they have the New Day, and the New Day never loses. So, I I mean, there's no really way of knowing who's going to win these matches, but I'll say New Day, Sheamus Cesaro, and Gallows and Anderson, and you know whoever else is gonna you know they're gonna they're gonna pull through. I I, I mean, there's no re- there's no really expertise in these <laughs> matches, so I'll say Team Raw. I got Team SmackDown for this one, okay? Because good. SmackDown tag team division is so good because it's not just built around a bunch of guys who lose every week. It's built around, you have American Alpha, these fired up baby faces like the Steiner Brothers, if they've been born 20 years later. These guys who are just incredible and everybody likes them. And Heath Slater and Rhino, who are so over. The Hype Bros, who are getting better. 
Usos, who are really compelling heels, and then you have two guys who are really good workers. Tyler Breeze is a really underrated worker, and Fandango, they both are really good comedic acts. So put all that together, and you have a much more hopeful team than a bunch of guys who just argue and lose all the time. So I have Team SmackDown for this because I think if Raw was going to try to take most of the wins, they'd give the tag win to SmackDown. So that's my prediction. Right. Okay. There's a disagreement. Yes. Uh, To the women's match? Yeah, women's match. Team SmackDown Live versus Team Raw. Who you got? I got Team SmackDown. I think. Really? Yeah, I think the women on SmackDown, a win for them would would mean more than a win for the uh, the women on Raw. So I think this builds the characters of Nikki and Carmella and Bliss, and they have Becky. I think the women on SmackDown are going to win here. So Team SmackDown for the women's match. I have Team Raw all the way Okay. Uh, for this one. I just think that with Charlotte and Sasha and Bailey, they're going to keep those characters as important as they can, uh, and I don't think they're going to protect the SmackDown women as much. I just have the feeling based upon how much screen time they've been getting. So that is my prediction. I predict Team Raw for this one. Okay. Locking it in. All right. Because it's so important that they win. I like it. We're, we're disagreeing on the Survivor Series. Yeah, match. disagreeing on these matches that matter so, so much. <laughs> it totally won't just go back to normal next week. So, all right. So next we got uh, Survivor Series men's five-on-five yep. match. I've got Team Raw as well for this one. Um, I think that they value Raw so much as a flagship show and the guys they have there that I just think they're going to put them over SmackDown. Yep. And they've got Braun Strowman, who they want to get over, uh, Roman Reigns, who they can't get over, Rollins, Owens, Jericho. I just think that all-star team has more going for them right now, so I think they're going to give them the win. Yep. Uh, Raw is still the flagship show. As you said, they're going to give that win to Raw, and I think it has a lot to do... I think it said a lot when The Undertaker said he's coming back to return to SmackDown and he put fear. He said, if you lose, you better be fearing the dead man, which gives some, you know, something into SmackDown. Probably he's going to lose and that's going to build something between The Undertaker. Yeah. So I got I got Raw as well. All right. And quick one last one before we go. Uh, Goldberg versus Lesnar. Lesnar kills Goldberg. Not for real, <laughs> but maybe becomes his son's surrogate dad. I don't know. Uh, Lesnar over Goldberg here because that is the way it's going to be. As much as I would love for Goldberg to win this match, and I will be rooting for Goldberg, but there's no way they're going to put Goldberg over Brock Lesnar because Brock Lesnar is the unbeatable man in the WWE, and they're not going to have the returning Goldberg beat him. But I hope this is a great match. Uh, The anticipation before it will be high for me. I'm excited to watch it, and uh, I hope these two put on a good show. Definitely, definitely. And those are our predictions. That is our show this week. Uh, Stay tuned next week when we talk about it. We will give you a full recap, talk about how we feel about the results, and talk about which direction the shows are going to move going forward from this pay-per-view. So I am Grant LaFave. You can follow us on Twitter at RingmasterCMU. I am at Grant underscore L-E-F-A-I-V-E. Jameson, you can follow him on Twitter at Jameson424. Yes, that's right. And uh, that is all for our show this week. Join us again next time. See you then, Marks.